0: Okay, hello, 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 and welcome to the Painted Bride Quarterly slash Pile. So glad that you're tuning in to listen to us. Uh, The us will be defined in a moment, but what we're about to do is discuss some poems that were submitted to the Painted Bride Quarterly, uh, i.e. have an editorial meeting right here for you, um, and we'll be voting on the work right here, and it's all in order to illustrate to you our editorial style, which is democracy above all else. So, um, without further ado, uh, well, we're all at home, and that's a no big surprise. We don't have to talk that much about it. I am feeling like I really must get my office out of my bedroom floor, and um, I'm thinking about even just squatting in another room instead of living up in my turret all the time. Uh, so, but that's where I am. I'm up in my turret, and we are having a tropical storm that right now we must be I'm gonna have to ask the New Yorkers what it's doing for them. Right now, we must be on the fringe. There's just showers. But there is a storm coming through um, the Northeast of the USA today, August 4th. Who knows when this will get, maybe the world will be really different. Maybe it'll be post November 4th by the time we publish this.
1: Doesn't it I... seem like you can count on the world being an entirely different place if you like just wait like three weeks? Like since, like, <laughs> since, since this year started, doesn't it just seem like if you just wait like you know a month, yeah. Everything you thought was important last month will no longer be important. Yeah. And we'll have moved to an entirely new set of issues, all of which have been festering for generations. Uh-huh. And how are you not paying attention to them? Why were you so stupid last month?
2: <laughs> Jason, why don't you say I'm, where I'm, you are?
0: The, the prophet. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> it, I try to it, keep it quiet. Spider-Man. And uh, <laughs> so I'll just I'll bounce it down to you. And we'll just bounce all over the place, since we're all over
1: today. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be discreet about this information, but I am actually in Florida. I am at a <laughs> residency um, in Florida writing a play um, and I'm on the beach and remaining entirely socially distanced. And I drove here so that I wouldn't have to be on an airplane um, and I'm being very productive, but I am in Florida. And actually we missed the um, storm entirely. Um, right. The storm was supposed to re- really batter us and, and I was totally prepared for power outages and flooding and isolation. And actually it just it just moved in the other direction.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I, as soon as I said that, now I'm hearing more of like sheets of rain happening out there. Yeah. So if I should disappear, it won't be raptured. Trust me, I'm not as good as Marion and Samantha. I will not be raptured, I will just be freaking without power. <laughs>
1: You'll be on your way to Oz.
0: <laughs> Maybe, that'll be all right. We all know what to do when we get there this time, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, I don't even know if Ryan and Samantha are together anymore. Where are you guys?
2: They're not. So, speaking of the rapture, I, I'm in a place where my Wi-Fi is a little bit unstable. So, if I, you know, sort of trance in and out, it's because of the rapture. Um, I'm actually on the NYU Abu Dhabi campus. Uh, I had to go through step after step after step of protocol and security clearance and I managed to get in my office today. So I'm thrilled about that. And Samantha, where are you?
3: I am in Dubai. So closer to Marion than the rest of you, but still about two hours away. (laughs) And all
0: i have to say <laughs> all, right. all right and we'll bounce it back to america and i think alex is in new york but he might have a surprise for us as well
4: oh yeah i'm the only new yorker in new york and i don't plan on leaving anytime <laughs> um but i am i don't know i don't know when this will be published hopefully i'll find a place by the time this is published is that a good goal yeah sure. we sure. can date this podcast <laughs> but right now on the porch i don't know if it's going to rain it's gray skies right now it might rain during lunch but that'll be like one or two o'clock or something like that so right now i should be good <laughs> good good all right
0: i think i think we're just ready to roll right in we have several poems from july west Hill to look at today and um thank you july for allowing us this opportunity um who would like to read the first one i can take it
1: All right, Jason. Um, Rotten Apples returned to Harvard's Glass Flowers Exhibition. What you have heard is true. Something rotten once got us from our houses, from our beds where what was there may or may not have been. Remember, my darling, my sweet, that a blistered and blackened thing, a thing representing life, sin itself, was a cause for art. Gave a man, many men, a lineage of pride. The moon rose tonight as usual, no spore-filled scab, as ivory as the cut belly of an apple sliced to share, nothing noxious to point to, say, you. The world of museums and love are, as it turns out, through the machinations and designations of man-made things defined by abstractions security, beauty, even in our worst days. One day, Blaschka told his son,
2: yes. Well read, wow. Mm-hmm. So Jason, as you read it, did it, do, like were you adding the pace to that or did the poem make you read it that way?
1: Oh, th- those were the line endings. Um, Yeah, No, I I think the poem paces itself really nicely. Um, It really kind of like works against the syntax in a really beautiful way.
2: Mm -hmm. So full disclosure, I had no idea about these glass flowers. I just, I didn't know that Harvard had a glass flowers exhibit and I didn't know much about them at all. did, did anybody else on the, have you guys heard of these before?
1: My mother was obsessed with the glass flowers. She really wanted to see the glass, like, like the glass flowers at Harvard were like on her bucket list because they were and weren't on display um, sort of at various times throughout our lives. Um, I don't think I've seen the glass flowers. I think I've seen the glass aquatic creatures okay. um, and I've seen pictures of them. I, it's possible we, we visited them when I was really young because my mother was like really, really into them, but it was also like. The, the difficulty of seeing them was part of the appeal of them.
2: In general or to your mother?
1: Um, I think in general, but also to my mother. Okay. <laughs> I don't think my mother would have expressed that though. I think, I don't think she would have thought of like, I, I don't think to my mind, her sort of like, you know, excitement about them all had to do with, um, the unavailability. But I, I don't think, I think to her, she just thought of them as something she really wanted to see.
2: Well thank you I, and it's mostly because I'm, I'm ignorant of this I didn't I just didn't know that these flowers were you know I think they were made in the, the late 19th century and that the one day blashka told his son yes but the first time I read that I had no idea what that was a reference to like it was almost like the poem and the poet speaking to herself or or inside the universe of the poem but that's actually the artist right yeah, or the fire of flowers. Yeah. Well, it's
1: it's multiple uh, generations of artists. It's like oh, these. Yeah, so it's like four generations of glass artists um, who kind of passed down this knowledge, enhancing with each generation as they kind of invented their new techniques. And so, but Blaschka, or the the last Blaschka was the last one. He had no children, and so uh, the skill died with him.
0: So the the guess is yes, it's your turn. I think so.
1: That's yeah. how I read it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: I had to look it up, and that title is the title of a video. The exact word is that comes up on your first search. If you put in glass flowers Harvard, you get Rotten Apples Return to Harvard's Glass Flower Exhibition and a video about the Rotten Apples. Um, But you know, any poem that ends with the word yes is going to woo me. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes if I hear it end like that. Oh watch now we'll get a lot of that. Um yeah so I didn't even need I I was enamored enough of this that I didn't need to know everything, everything, but it was so much yeah. nicer when I did. Yeah. You know? So that's kind of for me is the sweet spot. If you refer to something and I don't know it, I don't mind if I don't need to know it, right? And then the knowing makes it richer that's always a a nice trajectory for me with a poem.
2: I think well said right and there's something about the way sometimes like the not knowing makes you curious and then you and you go in search of right and then get smarter and then the poem becomes like yeah it's like a knowledge machine right like it's it's sort of in this ekphrastic spot right where it's talking it's, it's a poem like in conversation with or about that exhibit right and if if you're drawn in and curious enough to do exactly what we said, just type the title in, suddenly it's like layers and layers of information and, and like it's like a dimensional reading of, of the piece, um, highlighting the sort of intricacy of, of the thought process here that I, I will say on first read I was kind of pushed out because I didn't know but then leaning in it just rewards and rewards and rewards the rereading.
3: I really like the, um, the juxtaposition of museums and love and the idea of that being about security and beauty Um, and sort of playing with that other line about gave a man many men a lineage of pride and kind of thinking about you know when we talk about the controversies of museums and you know who owns what and what goes where and then also kind of love right and like who you marry to can also be uh, something that becomes prideful, like the right type of person and, and these kind of things. So, so I agree uh, with you, Mary, in that like, it kind of just rewards rereading, which I think is exciting. Yeah,
2: and, and now that you guys told me that the Blashka, there are many of them, like now, I, now that line just got deeper, gave a man many men a lineage of pride, right? It's actually talking about the generational craftsmanship, right? Beautiful.
3: And also, it, like, weirdly gives pride to, like, the people who house it, right? Like, even if they didn't create it, like, Harvard alum and, like, people who are connected with Harvard. So it's almost like the, you know, like, the flowers aren't blooming, but this, like, pride continues to, like, blossom forever, weirdly.
2: You no, know, I thought, I love, that is such a resonant. Idea, whether it's in the intentions of the poem or not, right? But security, beauty, even in our worst days, right? That museums and love institutions like Harvard, right? Can protect those things. Like, and I, I say yeah. this, you know, we're recording this in what I like to call the Sunday night of the year. It's August, right? F- fall is coming, September's around the corner, masters <laughs> will start, right? So, yeah. Like, and I think all of us are half expecting what institutions call melt. Like, you know, we're expecting students to take it happier. We're expecting students not to not come to university. And yet the numbers are showing something different. Like, the kids want in, right? They want, they want security, beauty, and even in our worst days, love. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I
1: also love that it's, it's the rotten apple. <laughs> you know, there's this glass. <laughs> rendering of something disgusting. that if you found in your crisper, you'd be like, ah, you know, you'd have to put on gloves, to throw it out. It's so disgusting. And then you're like, you know, take the trash out right away. Cause it's going to like, ah, you hope it doesn't get the other apples. Um, but that by being kind of rendered in this other material, by like being transformed or transubstantiated into this glass object, it becomes, you know, this kind of venerated thing that you wait in line to see that you're excited to have access to because it's so rare. And so I thought that was also like a really nice, of thing underneath it and you know and what you have heard is true um like it's such an interesting opening I didn't look it up but I think it it, I mean that's that's the beginning of Carolyn Franchet's The Colonel right? What you've heard is true. I was sort of expecting something something um dire but but then like it it sort of becomes about the question of um access right that this kind of like beauty that's being held Um, under these kind of very necessary circumstances.
0: Um, The stanza that starts with the moon rose tonight, as usual. I'm thinking about the way Jason was just so viscerally reacting to the thought of a rotten apple. And I just love that moment of the beautiful apple, as ivory as the cut belly of an apple sliced dish. What a way, what a beautiful way to describe a whole apple, you know, kind of like that we got to see that for a second in the middle of, of this. Mm-hmm. Nothing noxious.
2: Point to say. Should, should we vote? Should we? We've, we've got a couple more poems in the pile no, here. Let's so let's, let's get us, let it get our thumbs up. Kathy, you want to- <laughs> so, who's the prophet now? Thumbs <laughs> <laughs> up and thumbs I don't know what I know. Mean. Let us vote. Let's have some dramatic tension. Let's Taffy pull this for a second.
0: Listeners, what will happen next? <laughs> Let's vote. One, two, and a half, three votes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's <your> <laughs> and I,
2: <laughs> I am so not James Bond. <laughs> Who is? All oh, right. All right. Okay. So now we're going for American literature. Yes. here we go. Yep. Um, can I, I, I'll read it, but hopefully I won't get raptured. And if I get raptured, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll jump
4: in, honey. It'll become a, Huh? No, 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 it's making a joke. And I forgot the words. So don't even. (laughs) Alex, let's erase your poem. If you get raptured, it'll become an erasure poem after. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, um, slushies, when you look on the show notes, The the difference between these poems is so radical, right? Um, American literature is like long lines, almost prose blocks. um, Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Ready? American literature for Joey. The silver lamp, the ravishment, the wonder, the darkness, loneliness, the fearful thunder, John Keats. There's a billboard with Route 66's version of June Cleaver holding a pie underneath block letters homemade pies, which is how dry towns get their jollies, I guess. We buy coffee and cups so thin that Joe becomes us, and we never regain our human shapes, and I say to you, I wonder where they keep the half-bull man, and you shotgun back. I've spent my life asking that, like the sharpshooter you are. Who wouldn't want to be the son of a bull and a damned woman? We are all sons of bull and damn. You've gone west to find everything, or me, and look at girls the way I look at girls who are bad for me, like a desert through slatternly windows. This is America. The big pricked statues, statuary, and their old growth knowing. In the end, spoiler alert, We're both after the wrong bandit. The bank gets robbed. The two women, who should be lovers but aren't, arc their caddy like a rainbow into the lavish vaginal canyon at the last moment. The whale gets away. Faulkner's pretend mother doesn't get the burial she deserves. We have to choose between Liz Taylor in a kerchief or James Dean with his shirt stuttered open, and we can't. Thank you.
0: Yes.
3: Oh it's fun to read that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know I wanted to too. I think we all wanted to. I'm Uh sure we all.
2: Uh
0: All that wonderful Americana, huh?
2: And KVM, to your earlier point too, like it's it's so dependent on texts outside of itself for the like the the resonant echo chamber it creates, right? Like Yeah. So I'll follow up on that. So full disclosure, when we were looking for poems from the slush pile or for the slush pile episode, this came from um, some of our interns here. Well, from Abu Dhabi, from NYU, they're scattered across the globe. Um, And we had such an interesting conversation about the illusions in this piece. And it's really what um, helped us, you know, reach out to July and see if she'd let us talk about it on the podcast. So the the last chunk of it, right, the sort of the, the riff there, right, of being after the wrong bandit, the bank, you know, the the two women who should be lovers but aren't, aren't their caddy, like it's not a given to people who are maybe not so familiar with American cinema. It's not a given that they would recognize that as Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Well,
1: it's, it's what it goes this- through. It's Thelma and Louise. Yep. Um, as I lay dying, right. Um, and Moby Dick, right. Yep. and Giant,
3: right,
1: right. But I and, I and I and I do wonder, like, like, does someone under thirty, <laughs> like, get those, or or do they have? I mean, because I mean, we grew up in a time when there was, you know, like, because before the internet um mm. you know you needed reference books and reference books required people to have a kind of canonicity because you had to have you know x number of it wasn't like imdb where the space is limitless and anything ever made anywhere and also people should check Marion and wren's imdb page because she has one
4: yeah.
1: um <laughs> slushies in case you did not know Marion wren is a film star yeah. um but yeah i mean i i, I think that the relationship of of a, a younger generation to popular culture is quite different than um, older Americans, which I guess I now have to count myself among.
0: <laughs> I think Slushy's under thirty. Please respond and let us know yeah. those but, na- you Got it. What, what, what did
2: the intern say? I, I.
1: I'm oh, sorry.
2: No, sorry. Um. So it, it's so funny they act. They echoed Kathy. Right? They were like, you know what, I didn't know necessarily that that was Thelma and Louise. Or maybe one of them was like, I think I see that as Thelma and Louise, right? Um, and I was like, well, does it push you out of the poem? Does not knowing that make it not pleasurable to you? And they were like, no, it's actually, it's interesting to learn like what those references are. They were actually hip to earlier references, like the, um, the bull and the damned woman, right? Um, or I wonder if they, where they keep the half bull man and you shotgun back. I've spent my life asking that. Like they were, they were so, it's so funny that like Greek mythology is more available to them than American pop culture is. Right. And the sort of like assumption that it would be globally accessible, right. Is, is an American pride, but the poem's called American literature. Right. So it's sort of really working within its own boundaries.
3: Right. Right.
2: right. And I would
0: bet, I would bet, that they, I mean, who, they at least know of James Dean. They at least know of Faulkner, right? If, if they haven't read specifically as Aileen dying. I mean, the whale gets away might, might be too fast to fly by them. But I, I love talking about that kind of stuff with my class, like does the topicality of a piece. I teach uh, a poem of Tressaleos, in which she references Alanis Morissette and Eileen from Seinfeld. And it's always so fun to see if they know, (laughs) if they care to know, you know, like all that stuff. It, I actually, it's one of the reasons, I teach it for several reasons, but the pop culture references are one of the reasons why I pull that one out all the time, you know? Um, So, uh, ironically, I think Marion raptured. Yeah, Marian Marian Marion. She read the poem and she just raptured. Alex, you've been a little more quiet this time. What are you oh, saying?
4: Oh no, because I, I was saying like G- I know who is Taylor and James Dean are, but Giant was just like one step away from my pop culture knowledge. Like I kind of got like a. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure. Out, I'm. This is when the. I'll, I'll, I'm still trying to figure out. Like because I love a lot of the lines. I love. We are all sons of Bullet and damn. It's just such a great line. Just. Yeah, And, like, I get the initial image, I'm just, like, still trying to, like, get a tighter grasp on, like, the entirety of the poem, where it all kind of fits together. Because, like, as Marion was saying, and I'm stalling, hopefully she'll get back in, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, there, the poem kind of literally shifts uh, after that line I like, uh, like, uh, I'm trying to figure out, like, as a poem, so trying to figure out, like, why that's visually it's presented that way, too, like. So, yeah. yeah. And it's also the American literature the uh, the West, in a way, but not at the same time, because you have the Route 66, you have Thelma and Louise, you have Giant, but you also have Faulkner, and then you also have Moby Dick, and then you have Greek literature, so I, I'm like, I picture... The Grand Canyon, but I also picture ocean and creek and Ireland at the same time. It's a lot. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you know,
0: I I, I I hear you about it feeling like we're, we're driving west, and that starts with Route 66. But that's already America, right? That's
1: American to drive. Yeah.
0: Country, right? Like, all, it, it just, uh, I don't know. It's still resonant. Well,
1: it's, it's weirdly phrased because I, I the first time I read it, I thought we were on Route 66. And then it says Route 66 version, the Route 66 version of June Cleaver. And, I, and you, you know, you can read that one way that they're on Route 66 and this is the billboard. Or you can read it as, like, this is the Route 66 version of the billboard. This is the billboard you would expect. And I couldn't, I, I have to, I mean, when I first read it, I was really confused by the minotaur. Like, I was like, what's, like, where do they keep the minotaur? Like, what? And then I realized, like, oh, America's the Labyrinth right? This is the place you have to find your way out of. Like, this is the, like, you're trapped in this, um, in this maze. And I and I kind of, I kind of like that. And, and I have to admit, like, Route 66 has a special place for me. Like, I have driven Route 66, like, sure. as a child with my family, and it's kind of amazing.
2: Like, it's yeah. Kind of,
1: um, it's so weird. I mean, it's this, you know, like, I don't know what it's like now, but it's all ghost towns and, like, billboards and diners and mules having sex silhouetted against the sky in a way that you don't want to watch with your parents?
0: <laughs> um, oh, I mean, I definitely get the sense there is an odyssey here, though, right? We are yeah.
1: driving. So, you know, there's enough,
0: enough clues. We are actually going west, whether we're on 66. I think we're on 66.
1: What did you think I'm about the coffee in cups so thin? Sorry, I'm cutting everyone off today.
0: No, it's fine.
1: What did you think about the coffee and cups so thin that Joe becomes us and we never regain our human shapes?
4: I feel like I've had that coffee, though, because you get Dunkin' Donuts, you get the small coffee. It's not the the container that's thicker. So I feel like I know that feeling. Or, like, any just, like, I, I don't know, like, gas station coffee, where it's just, like, here's the cheapest cup we have. So I, like, that that actually resonated with me, because so I know that feeling, where it's, like, I'm,
0: I'm the coffee now, like. <laughs> somehow, somehow the coffee, like, you see your implication there too, Alex, that it, that the coffee is crap too. The cup so thin makes me also think the coffee is that thin coffee you can almost see through instead of a good dark roast, you know, that yeah. it's, yeah, cheap coffee, I think, and the becomes us and we never regain our human shapes. I just think they're drinking a lot of coffee on this Odyssey. Oh,
1: it's the coffee that's thin. No, it's it was the oh, cups the cup. that were thin.
0: It's the cups, but it can be read as the coffee. Okay. buy coffee in cups so thin the Joe becomes us. I'm saying I think both are there in that okay. sentence. Which implies everything Alex said. You know,
1: highway coffee. Mm, <laughs> highway
2: coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I got raptured there for a minute, and uh, I uh, thank you and but it's so funny i I came back and it feels like we're about we're talking ghost towns and route sixty six and to me that that thin coffee cup thin coffee line right, and we never regain our hu- human shapes on one hand it it makes me want to think about like t s eliot's the wasteland and you know all that there right um but it also just reminds, it makes me feel like they're ghosts. Like if they're never regaining their human shapes, it's because they're phantoms too. It's like the road trip is because they too are, you know, shades, right? That thinness is them. Yeah.
1: Well you that know? thinness is America, right? The like,
2: right. Right. the United
1: States is a <laughs> stunningly mutually recent.
3: <laughs> mutually yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. What's interesting Sorry. is the, the feeling that like it leaves me um, is one like, you know, I I want to go on a road trip. Like that's this feeling despite like the whole messaging being how like thin and ephemeral and like kind of fake, I think a lot of this all is this this manifest destiny, this kind of long story of ourselves. Um, What I do think is interesting is like where the poem with the spoilers kind of decides to stop um, because for, for a lot of my students, for example, they haven't read Faulkner, but they have read like Yasmin Ward, and they've read *Sing, Unburied, Sing*, and then they know who Faulkner is through that. And yet, this poem—what I think is really interesting about it—it it feels contemporary for me in the beginning, but then when I get down to it lower, I feel like the story has stopped somewhere, like before my generation, and I and I, I don't know why. Um, but I I do think that that's very interesting because I don't think that kind of manufactured um, Americana, um, say how it was in East Asia after World War II, or even during like, I don't know, like the 80s or 90s is the same kind of package that it looks like now. So I think that's really interesting. So I think it's like speaking to a certain audience about a certain period of time not that that makes it unenjoyable like I like um I like all the card games and Jane Austen and stuff like I like that kind of stuff but I just think that it's interesting where it chose kind of to to stop the spoilers.
1: Yeah well I think it's sort of like like the American century right that it sort of like stops in the 90s um that it sort of can't keep going in part because um like what route sixty six meant and kind of like the emergence of global of, of American cinema as a global phenomenon and like the emergence of you know kind of um, American hegemony like uh, through a kind of cultural project which is which is marion 's dissertation by the way if, if you 'd like to weigh in as the actual expert <laughs> on what i 'm saying um, <laughs> but no i mean I, I thought that, that that bounding was like that it, that it doesn 't sort of get to You know, like the X-Men movies or, you know, kind of cultural productions from the 2000s that would have been um, as iconic as um, anything referenced. And by the way, I listened to a Faulkner book on tape. Um, Make sure you have the car windows rolled up. Right,
2: you do yeah. not want to be driving around with people hearing what you are listening to. <laughs> no, you do not. I, I listened to a Rose for Emily. I was like, what the? <gasps> Ooh, yeah. Right. I was like, okay, yeah. Right. It was Deborah Winger reading a Rose for Emily. Um, yeah. I what I what I love about the the what Samantha and Jason are saying too is like like it's the it's the double colon lead up <laughs> to that list. Right. Yeah. It's this is America colon, the big pricked statues, statuary and their old growth knowing. So statuary gets used as a verb there, right? Which is kind of funny, right? And then, but the statues are a list of buddy films or, or, or buddy stories, buddy narratives, right? And it's that, that sort of like the pairing, the being on the road, the the, the like that sort of like internal dislocation, internal diaspora, internal pursuit, pursuit, pursuit that's in the chunk of, of texts at the end as well. So I kind of love how like the first set of illusions does invoke a kind of labyrinth. And then the second ch- list is like just looping inside the labyrinth, looping inside the- Well, and I, and I
1: liked, I mean, yeah. I was a little confused by the, the Faulkner because I thought like Thelma and Louise and Giant and um, uh, uh, Moby Dick all have this, this really strong queer subtext. And I don't, there's not is there a queer subtext in Faulkner that I don't know about?
2: No, but every single, well, um, yeah, well, I don't know. That's <laughs> what I don't I will Slushies, say if you
1: know about the queer subtext in Faulkner, call Jason Schneiderman and explain <laughs> it to him.
2: Immediately, <laughs> immediately. But it, they are all essentially like narratives of being in pursuit of something, right? And including oh, as they're yeah. dying, is like, you know, they're burying yeah. their mom, right? Um, so that like that seemed to be like the 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 linchpin. It's like this pursuit, this movement, this road trip, right? And literally like losing the coffin in the in the river. My mother is a fish. Maybe that's the title of the episode, My Mother is a Fish. <laughs> Listen,
0: I I don't know when this was actually written, right? But this is America, the big pricked statues. Right. Made me, made it fresh as fuck to me. Right. I, I, this is America. I thought of the Childish Gambino song. Sure. It was so funny that Samantha said like it turned and became a, a poem for a certain age group because that was so fresh. This is America and the big prick statues. The statues are coming down, not right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And to even call them the big prick one, like I, I hate to keep saying that word prick, but I, I am going to say it again. It's a good and, one. It gives of, 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 uh, white men holding their pricks even. Do you know what I mean? Big pricked. That's what I see. Is that hand on the dick kind of thing, you know? And uh, so that intro to those older references, I thought were the very fresh references.
4: When I, I think of the, the biggest of the pricks, um, I think of the Washington monument The most, mm-hmm. like always gets closed, the most phallic of the, which to tie actually back to because that's shown in the Spider-Man Far From Home which uh what's his face is in I won't say who because it's a fun scene but <laughs> where they go to the Washington monument so they have a similar conversation like who built the Washington monument so just to tie that all together american cinema <laughs> noted
2: alex thank you that. Sure.
0: I think we're ready. Are we ready? Okay. Ready.
1: One. Thumbs out. Three.
0: Go. Okay. It's in.
2: Thank you, July West Hale. Two for two. Rock and roll. All right. So let's pause right here and I'll make a note to Joe. Do you want to? It's it's like ten to six. We probably could do one more, um, if you feel like we can. What do you think? Yeah, let's do one more. I say okay. yes. Okay.
0: So we're gonna do one more. we have still Moon Moon waiting in the wings, and I'll um, I'll read. Oh, go ahead.
4: Great. No, great, Alex. Terrific. I, was I just gonna... want to say moon moon. It's <laughs> fun to say. Um, moon moon. Now there's snow on the ocean, which is meant to confuse us, and does, but not because we are unprepared for it, but rather because the sight of it reminds us of the static-hearted parts of our bodies as they prostrate themselves in years over yonder, exploratory attempts to find warmth not unlike sure-footed expedition, in the disappearance of everything ripe, now covered with snow's annihilating speeches, in the blank stares of our children as they amputate themselves from us, in the cloudscape of come forgotten to be enjoyed, on the snow of a down comforter at which we'd first begun, circle back to exhibit A, in the cold expanse following, the question, am I like winter to you? in the unspooling that happens when we, I, I mean, I play a memory, over again the too manyest time, in the televisions, convex and prudish eye, in the snowy sound of overuse, in the way empty feels like brain freeze, in the brilliant and nearly neon white of the sign which warrants vacancy, even if everyone around us says off-season says they love, the snow the way it makes well-conquered land possible again. Thank you, Alex.
0: And, you know, again, such a different structure to this one from the other two, entirely different. Meredith mentioned that the uh, second poem had such long lines. And then there was a really interesting use of space that we never talked about and uh, interesting punctuation that we never even got to. I loved how it ended with the double dash, the, the last poem, right? And all this one is um, one big thick block with medium size lines and then a single line stands at the end. So slushies, you just gotta go look at this. Yeah.
1: I love the title Moon, Moon. I <laughs> like Moon, Moon. is such a good title, um, in part because, you know, the moon, um, who, who's, whose poem is whatever the moon is, is what you have always meant. Um, and you know, like the, the Stein stuff about, you know, the moon is, is cluttered with all the things that poets have attributed it to years. and You have to like, sort of wash it clean before you can get it in a poem again. And just Moon, Moon is just so wonderfully fresh. I really like Moon, Moon. It's a I mean,
4: I, I guess what I, I really like about this poem is just like it captures that, well, at least the sense that I have whenever it snows and it's like a really good snow, I guess, is where it's just like it cha- just ent- changes the entire landscape. It's all, even in the suburbs, it's all, just all white, like snow, like the streets, that the houses are topped in white. It's like the snow owns everything now. And I, I get that sensation from reading this where it's just, the snow is annihilating speeches, where it's like, no, I, I it's mine now, the snow says, like, basically.
1: Sorry, I, I found, it's it's Cummings. Um, it's you or whatever a moon has always meant. Sorry, just had to get that in there. I love Am I like Winter to you.
4: Yes, I love that. It sounds like <laughs> a question with no easy answer, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, winter is my favorite season.
1: <laughs> but, what but I know would, it's hard. Right, at
0: the same time, what would that be?
1: Yeah. Somebody... My frozen heart. Uh,
0: do you remember Billy Collins' Litany? No. Right? Oh, you got to listen to it. It's a funny one. He it's, it, he makes, he says things like, um, you know, you are the bread and the knife. You are the chalice and the wind. The chalice and the wind you are not the peaches on the tree and you are absolutely not the you know he it is all those things like that i am the doves cry at morn. it's very funny i'm blowing it look it up
1: i love i've been in the cold expanse following the question am i like winter to you and then the two manyth time is such a beautiful use of kind of like how we speak and it looks so odd on the page, but it's sort of so well structured. It's kind of carries you through.
0: I really like this poet's craft in general. I feel like every, every move
1: is so well placed. And we talk about this a lot, that we'd kind of like, you know, that, that sense of trust or not trust, and yeah. that it's really hard to kind of like break down, that, that as a reader, you you trust or you don't trust, that you kind of like enter the poem, and part of, you know, what an education often looks like, right, is learning um, when and when not to trust, that um, beginning readers are often, you know, kind of, they trust everything, and they think they, there must be something wrong with them, or they don't trust anything, and they think there's always something wrong with the, um, with the writer, um, but, but you know, like that sense of trust is so well established in all of these poems. And we're all kind of sharing this, this place where, you know, like we're carried through and we just kind of want to go back to sort of like open up all of these spaces that are kind of like, I you know, flower buds that keep opening as you pay more attention. It's a that's terrible right. metaphor.
0: No, 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 you know what? Thank you for that because that's like from from what we just keep talking about, I am like winter to you. In the unspooling that happens when we, I, I mean, I play a memory over again for the too manyth time. The crescendo, that builds up. Those last lines just, everyone just gets me more and more unspooled in the best way. Mm-hmm. You know, the buildup, there's such such a passion all the way to, uh, that, you know, the poignant sign of the off season says to the end, it's just gorgeous. Those last lines are so, I love the momentum.
3: Yeah. I really like the end too. I think my favorite is this idea that while the sign, you know, says vacancy, like what we're saying on the streets is, is off season. And, um, for me, I feel like it kind of speaks to this moment too, right? And like how, how you approach something and how you how you can like approach the same time differently, um, even like in a an way and an unofficial way. Um, and I just think that it's, it's really gorgeous um, because it's almost like it, she says, the, July says the well-conquered land possible again, but there's also something that like snow does with time that makes time conquerable in a way. Um, and kind of poetry does that too in a way, I think, or it can when it's good. So I just love this poem. And I also love the form of this poem with this because it's so tight and it feels like you're really entering into something. Um, I'm really glad it, it doesn't feel or look airy. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I like that because that's also the kind of snow I like that's like really tense and tight. So I just think this is a gorgeous poem. I I have to agree
2: um, with what you're all saying. I, I just want to draw our attention to the verb for the vacancy sign. That's like the third line from then, and the Brilliant and Nearly Neon White of the sign which mourns vacancy.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, holy shit, is that the right verb? Right, it mourns vacancy even if everyone around us says off season. Right, like it's it is so like I the the sort of white upon white, the gray upon gray, the snow on the ocean. Like the the way this poem um, creates that atmosphere. um, On one hand, and on on the other, like the the sort of the movement of this of the speaker's mind. Right, Um, and I just I just for for because we can do it. I'm just gonna read the first couple of lines up to the colon right now there's snow in the ocean which is meant to confuse us and does though not because we are unprepared for it but rather because the sight of it reminds us of the static hearted parts of our bodies as they prostrate themselves in years over yonder right like it's it it is it tumbles right it invites you in it's crystal clear and then gets in this sort of like abstraction that is a little it, it almost defies interpretation but then it's like of course it's about the sense of nostalgia embodied nostalgia embodied sense of ache of time timelessness like holy schmazzoli that's an it's a powerful piece <laughs> you just got the title holy, holy schmazoli i don't know how to spell it though
4: I, like I can't that somewhere. The holy shmazzoli sh- sh- or whatever. Holy shmazzoli? <laughs> okay. I
2: had to say it,
0: just like you said it. Shmazoli. Shmazoli. I'll
4: yeah. just phonetically spell that. It'll be fine. Yeah. It, and I, I, one of the things that I, I like about this piece is small thing, but it's the, the static as snol, as sn- now I'm saying, I saw holy, sh- holy shmazzoli. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but static, uh, and the, like, I've only, I've heard static, like TV static be called snow before. I love okay. that little tie in right there. And it like ties it up in the beginning. And yeah. also, so just love that little detail of that.
0: Yeah. The, the snowy sound of overuse. Yeah. Damn. Damn, I think I think yeah. we can flip thumbs. I think we're ready. We ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, okay. three, flip. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! You go, July. That's a second unanimous one. Woohoo! Three
2: for three.
1: This is this is this is a momentous podcast.
2: It's a momentous podcast. It is a momentous podcast. Would it that oh, we had more? Time? It is. That's kind of how we feel about all three of these poems. Thank you so much, July Westell,
0: for letting us um, yeah. discuss them and pitter patter all over the place around them. Thank you.
2: Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Believe it or not, yeah. would yeah. that we had more time to continue to talk about all of July's poems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we will have links to her work and her books and her her um, essays and poems in our show notes. And um, yeah I'm really talking about poetry with you guys. I wanted to say this earlier too. There's something about like poems that are so encrusted and layered and weighted with illusions are freaking delightful when you, when you get to talk about them with people whose brains you love. Yeah. Right? The way they sort of open and bloom and open and bloom and just keep giving to you, right? Like it's the poet, but it's you guys reading the poems too that that gave me such pleasure so absolutely i think we we we, um abbreviated every
0: one of these conversations we could have talked and talked we can still Mm -hmm. be if we we had the time right Mm -hmm. Right. so yeah so slushies let us know uh how we're doing what you're thinking about the show and um how i you know i'm talking to november slushies right now november slushies
2: Okay. Yeah, November Slushies. Tell us many ways. I hope
3: it is. Right.
2: Tell us what you need, right? Like, tell us, you know, if you give us a listen and tell us what you need, right? If there's a, a way we can select poems and talk about them in ways that help make your. I you understand in November Slushies, it could be a
0: really better place.
2: I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I say that quietly. Because I, I don't think of
2: things anymore. I think of manifesting things.
1: Yes. Oh no no
2: no. <laughs> yes. no. That's no! You almost made it out, Jason. You almost made it out alive. <laughs>
1: no. no, they're making they're making a movie of the secret. Wait, wait, we, have to,
2: oh. we have to say goodbye. We have to say goodbye before it gets ugly. Okay. okay. Love you guys. Goodbye,
1: slushies. <laughs>